European Hearts Journal Issue as a Glance, Volume 38, Issue 43, Focus Issue on Prevention, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Frontiers in Precision Medicine, Genes and Their Modulation by MicroRNAs. Environmental hazards have been increasingly recognised not only as a cause of global warming, but also as a threat for human health. Noise has been associated with sleep disorders, blood pressure rises, vascular dysfunction, and myocardial infarction. Furthermore, air pollution is undoubtedly affecting lung function, induces inflammation, and, in turn, also the cardiovascular system. In a fast track from the Graduate School of Medical Sciences, Kumamoto University in Kumamoto, Japan, entitled Asian Dust Exposure Triggers Acute Myocardial Infarction, Sunao Kojima and colleagues investigated whether Asian dust is associated with acute myocardial infarction, and to clarify whether patients who are highly sensitive to Asian dust will develop acute myocardial infarction. The occurrence of Asian dust events at one day before the onset of acute myocardial infarction was associated with the incidence of acute myocardial infarction with an odds ratio of 1.46, and especially non-ST segment elevation myocardial infarction was significant with an odds ratio of 2.03. A significant association between acute myocardial infarction and Asian dust was observed in patients with an age above 75 years, male sex, hypertension, diabetes mellitus, never smoking status, and chronic kidney disease. Notably, Asian dust events had a great impact on acute myocardial infarction onset in patients with chronic kidney disease. The authors conclude that Asian dust events may lead to acute myocardial infarction and have a great impact in patients with chronic kidney disease. These provocative findings are put into context in an editorial by Murray A. Mittelman from the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. The identification of patients at high risk for cardiovascular events has become even more important recently with the advent of effective but highly expensive novel drugs such as PCSK9 inhibitors and the upcoming use of anti-inflammatory molecules. Furthermore, the combined use of antiplatelet drugs and anticoagulants, as well as the prolonged use of dual antiplatelet therapy after stenting, requires a careful selection of high-risk patients for future events. Besides commonly used risk factors, the presence of peripheral arterial disease is a strong risk marker. In their research article entitled Identification of Vascular Patients at Very High Risk for Recurrent Cardiovascular Events, Validation of the Current ACC-AHA Very High Risk Criteria, Frank L. G. Vizeren and colleagues from the University Medical Center Utrecht in the Netherlands aim to validate and assess performance of the current ACC-AHA Very High Risk Criteria in patients with clinically manifest arterial disease. Data from two prospective cohorts of patients with manifest atherosclerotic arterial disease 
i.e. 7,216 individuals from the SMART study and 48,322 from the REACH registry were used. Performance of the ACC-AHA criteria was compared to single very high-risk factors in terms of C-statistics and net reclassification index. In SMART, 57% of the patients were at very high risk, according to the ACC-AHA criteria, where incidents of recurrent major adverse cardiovascular events were 2.7 per 100 patient years. And in REACH, this was 64%, or 5.9 per 100 patient years. The C-statistic for the ACC-AHA very high-risk criteria was 0.53 in REACH and 0.54 in SMART. Very high risk factors were comparable, or slightly better performance was estimated GFR below 45, polyvascular disease, and age greater than 70 years. Around two-thirds of the patients meeting the ACC-AHA very high risk criteria had a predicted 10-year risk of recurrent major adverse cardiovascular events below 30%. Vizerin and colleagues conclude that the ACC-AHA very high-risk criteria have limited discriminative power. Identifying patients with clinically manifest arterial disease at very high risk for recurrent vascular events using estimated GFR below 45, polyvascular disease, or age above 70 years, performs as well as the ACC-AHA criteria. These surprising results are further discussed in an editorial by Jeffrey L. Anderson from the Intermountain Heart Institute in Murray, Utah, USA. Cardiovascular disease, in particular atrial fibrillation, high blood pressure and diabetes, has been suggested to accelerate cognitive decline and to be a risk factor for dementia, but little is known about the cognitive course after a first cardiovascular event. In their article entitled Cognitive Changes in Prevalent and Incident Cardiovascular Disease, a 12-year follow-up in the Maastricht Aging Study, or MASS, Sienna Schievink and colleagues from the Maastricht University School of Mental Health and Neuroscience in the Netherlands investigated the cognitive trajectories of both prevalent and incident cardiovascular disease over a 12-year time period in the general population. In a prospective cohort study, 1,823 cognitively healthy participants were serially assessed as regards verbal memory, executive function, and information processing speed up to 12 years. At baseline, participants with prevalent cardiovascular disease showed more decline in memory and information processing speed than healthy controls. Participants with incident cardiovascular disease also showed more decline in these cognitive domains, but this was only significant in the follow-up period from 6 to 12 years. Associations were more pronounced in those aged younger than 65 years at baseline or with angina pectoris or myocardial infarction. Thus, prevalent and incident cardiovascular disease predict cognitive decline in middle-aged individuals with the onset of decline being linked with the vascular event itself. 
These novel findings are put into context in a comprehensive editorial by Veronique L. Roger from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Frailty has recently been recognized as a novel risk factor for an unfavorable outcome after procedures such as TAVI, but also operations. This has been expanded in the research paper Association of Walking Pace and Hand Grip Strength with All-Cause Cardiovascular and Cancer Mortality, a UK biobank observational study by Tom Yates and colleagues from the University of Leicester in the UK. In the UK biobank, 23,670 women and 19,057 men, free from prevalent cancer and cardiovascular disease, had been included. Over 6.3 years, there were 8,598 deaths, 1,654 from cardiovascular disease, and 4,850 from cancer. Associations of walking pace with mortality were modified by BMI. In women, the hazard ratio for all-cause mortality in slow compared to fast walkers were 2.16 and 1.31 in the bottom and top BMI tertiles, respectively. The corresponding hazard ratios for men were 2.01 and 1.41. Hazard ratios for cardiovascular mortality remained above 1.7 across all categories of BMI in men and women. Hand grip strength was associated with cardiovascular mortality in men only with a hazard ratio of 1.38, 1.18 and 1.62 in the three tertiles without differences across BMI categories while associations with all-cause mortality were only seen in men with low BMI. Associations for walking pace and hand grip strength with cancer mortality were less consistent. Thus, a simple self-reported measure of slow walking pace could aid risk stratification for all-cause and cardiovascular mortality within the general population. These clinically important findings are further discussed in a thoughtful editorial authored by Anders Grontfed from the University of South Denmark. Atherosclerosis is a chronic inflammatory disease. Pathophysiological similarities between chronic infections and atherosclerosis triggered interest in a clinical association between these conditions. In a clinical review article entitled Infections, Atherosclerosis and Coronary Heart Disease, Jawahar L. Mehta and colleagues from the University of Arkansas in Little Rock, Arkansas, remind us that various infectious microbes have been linked to atherosclerotic vascular disease in epidemiological studies. However, this association failed to satisfy the Koch's postulates of causation with multiple clinical trials demonstrating inefficacy of anti-infective therapies in mitigating atherosclerotic cardiovascular events. Identification of underlying pathophysiological mechanisms and experience with vaccination against various infectious agents has ushered a new avenue of efforts in the development of an anti-atherosclerotic vaccine. Studies in animal models have identified various innate and adaptive immune pathways in atherosclerosis. In this review, 
the authors discuss the pathobiological link between chronic infections and atherosclerosis, evaluate existing evidence of animal and human trials on the association between infections and cardiovascular disease, and introduce the concept of an anti-atherosclerotic vaccine. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.